DeVos on the track. Lake Michigan in this peasy. Check me out. Just flow with it. Department of Education, baby. You know how we do. Special Olympics budget got cut a lot. How many folks you say have no heart? A lot. How much money do I make? Ha ha, a lot. How much in taxes do I waste? Ha, a lot. How much blood do I suck? Yeah, a lot. How much public school funding did I cut? A lot. Yeah, Holland, Michigan over here, but since you don't know that town, I'm claiming Detroit. What it do? Don't bring me any of that Flint water around, though. And I'm going to let my newly exonerated homie sing on the hook. Get him, Jesse. Trump, your president. I flew out on Air Force One all the way to Detroit to say, what up though? Came all the way from Mar-a-Lago for these bars. Check me out. How many times did I say no collusion? A lot. How many times was I accused of prostitution? A lot. Millions of folks think that I'm racist, a lot. But how many wish that they could be just as famous, a lot. No collusion, no collusion, no collusion, a lot. I said, make the world public, they refusing, a lot. I'm flowing on this beat, it's bigly bonkers, a lot. Cause it's time for me to go all up Ivanka, a lot. What's going on, everybody? Uh, once again, we are back. As always, it's your boy, Jesse McCoy, and I'm here with the world's foremost legal humorist, Sean Carter. I'm doing well, man. I'm doing, doing very well. By the way, if you're a listener, um, you might want to put on something comfortable, some Snuggies, um, some some slippers. Uh, this might be a little long podcast. <laughs> There's been a lot of stuff going on since since, since uh, we've been together last. And by the way, it's not my fault. I tried to get Jesse in here last week. He's talking about a family <laughs> reunion or something unimportant. <laughs> so we got yeah. weeks and weeks of stuff to talk about. Oh, man. The world went crazy in the past two weeks, and I just don't know why. I mean, we got white people getting in trouble. We got <laughs> white people getting out of trouble. It's, it's <laughs> you know, I don't even know where to start this. Both of us are so, are so, so wonderful, but let's just start with white people getting in trouble and we'll move on for, for 200, Alex. All what right. story are you talking about? So, um, Aunt Becky, one of my <laughs> personal favorites from the, the show Full House, uh, come to find out her and her husband, Massimo, whose shirts are in every Target that you can find, um, went and paid gobs of money uh, to have their daughter, who really didn't care about 
college, I'll get accepted into USC. And it's part of uh, it's part of the exposure that's given because the guy who was orchestrating this, a uh, guy by the name of Brian Singer, uh, apparently has become state's evidence and decided to start giving up his witness list and everything. So we're talking about a scandal where people were getting paid to essentially uh, cheat for tests for like your your uh, SAT test to get scores. Uh, people were photoshopping their um, faces on athletes' bodies to send it in <laughs> to get athletic uh, approval for scholarships. Um, you know, they had a coach at Yale who actually, you know, got caught up in this and got fired. Uh, right. But it was people who had never, you know, rowed a boat before. And now all of a sudden they're, you know, blue chip crew recruits. You know what I'm well, but help, help me out with this. I'm still trying to figure out this, right? How do you get, and they weren't given scholarships, but they were given like special athletic dispensation. You know, you could have a couple hundred points lower on your SAT if you're mm-hmm. a great rower. How is that a thing? How we, we're not talking about basketball, baseball, right, football, right. something that, that brings money to the university. You know, you, right. you losing money with every stroke right there out there on the crew thing. <laughs> Why are you lowering your standards to let in a rich crew dummy? Right. You know, and and right. to me, that was the thing is, I got to tell you, you know, I, my, my face will feel like yours. People are losing their minds, you know. Oh, my God. This, and I'm just like, one, we knew it. And two, I don't care because those kids did not take my son's spot because uh, my sons weren't uh, aren't up for the crew scholarship <laughs> here in Arizona in the desert. Right. It's, it's like all of the stuff that seriously, all the sports, except like I think USC had basketball, but every other sport was like crew pro water polo, all kind of stuff. And I was like, look, black people, you don't have no reason to be upset about this because this was rich white on white crime. This is one <laughs> rich white dummy kid taking a spot of another rich white dummy kid. It had nothing to do with us. And by the way, it's amazing because that's how you know it got prosecuted. When you steal spots from rich white people, right, then you go into jail. I'm just waiting for Anderson Cooper or somebody to go in and interview Abigail Fisher. I, I, want, I want to hear what Abby has to say all the time, fighting affirmative action policies and come to find out if her parents had just stepped their game up and, you know, photoshopped her face on a point guard, <laughs> then she'd be in there. <laughs> but, but that's the thing is, though, this seriously, you know, this was this crack, what cracks me up about this is this is so known about you know things that happen like this at schools like this. For one, the University of Southern California, you know what his nickname is in L.A.? Okay. The University of Spoiled Children. Mm. There are three kids in there on their own merits. All right. Everybody in there has got a hookup of some type. All right, your okay. your daddy is a is, is a music producer, is is a a film director, a Hollywood mogul. They they don't just you know they're not picking on the basis of just scores, right? right. And to me, it was like you know what the one woman I think paid with the five hundred thousand. I like you overpaid for SC. You need to give them about you know you you cheat with them you know if you if it, if it costs you any more than I don't know twenty six hundred dollars uh, you let them go ahead and go on over to 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 US UCLA they'd be all right. <laughs> well, you know, and this is how funny when the story broke, the daughter who didn't even want to really go to college was actually on the boat <laughs> of one of the board members <laughs> uh, for spring break. So it's it's just. <laughs> 
Interesting. Which exactly that's what I mean though. Perfect example, right? Is is that now who else you think was on that boat? You think it was it was, it was my sons or yours? <laughs> or do you think it was other rich white dummy kids? And nothing but a boat full of rich white dummy kids. All right. That's why right. he had the boat, right? Is right. to make sure that the rich white dummy kids are happy and they'll get more money. And so to me, it's like, look, you know, you could either, I guess, give money to people to cheat on the test, or you could give the money directly to the school, like Jared Kushner's did dad did. Uh, like uh, Dr. Dre's daughter did. Mm, 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 I know mm. I wasn't supposed to go there. I'm sorry. I'm losing <laughs> a little blackness. I, I, but 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 you know, I, I I've been tanning a little bit recently, so I I could take off a little little melanin. I'm gonna be all right. <laughs> Dr. Oh. Dre's we know got in a big trouble the weekend because at first he's trying to floss and talk about how his daughter got to school just by herself. And someone had to remind the brother that he had given seventy million dollars uh, to USC. And you got a building named after you at USC because of that seventy million dollar uh, charitable all, how donation. How much money? Does, I know you got a lot of money, but how much money do you have to have before you forget that you gave seventy million dollars? Well, see, now I think the 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 ball shifted a little bit for the Dr. Dre situation because what he tried to do, he tried to take advantage of a situation when the story was hot. Mm-hmm. So you see, Aunt Becky goes down, Felicity Huffman goes down. And of course, their stuff was more insidious because they're talking about paying for test scores and all, right. all that. I think he was trying to make <laughs> a statement. <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't paid for no test score. My daughter got in, right. quote unquote. <laughs> I just bought own. a building, right? And and that's, no yeah, right? To, that's, that's no shade to his daughter. I mean, I'm sure she's great. I don't want anybody shooting me, particularly when I got stuff coming up in California. <laughs> want to make sure. You know, but at the same time, I think we can't overlook that big old building with Dr. Dre's name on the side of it uh, well, at SC. Well, here's where I'm going I'm to go in. And, you know, Dre, before you send your people here, I'm from Compton, too. All right. So, you know, you might want to <laughs> ask somebody. Um, but here's the thing. I couldn't believe it because I was like, you gave $70 million to a school that wouldn't would have had you arrested if you had tried to walk on the campus when you were 18 yourself, all right, especially mm. if you had a jerry curl, you definitely would have got mm-hmm. arrested, all right? You probably should have anywhere for a jerry curl. But anyway, the point is, right. is that, you know, they thought of you as a thug. You gave them $70 million. How much did he give Howard? Mm. you. all right? Uh, mm-hmm. Gramlin, Southern. It better have been close. And and to me, it's like, look, with People who you know brought pulled you up and you know and gave pulled you up and you know and did all that for you, yeah, you you definitely kick them down, especially when you become a billionaire. All right, but you don't go kick down rich white people who don't even need your money. <laughs> he found seventy million dollars and bought his golden ticket in. He thought he thought he was safe. <laughs> but, but what would seventy million dollars have done for Compton College? And that's such a thing. That's a real thing. Oh, oh, that okay. endows them forever, right? That right. gives him resources, et cetera. But he gave it to USC. USC don't need your money. They got mm-hmm. George Lucas money. Right. Steven Spielberg. Right? Every other white guy, rich white person in, in Southern California is given there. And to me, it was like, look, you know what, brother, we should have been on you before because that money, you know, how are you going to make it? To, and by the way, not because of these people, despite them. The whole system was set up to keep you from getting this money. You get it right. and give it back to them. Yeah, I, I don't have any answers for that. I, I, I feel the, like the, the doctor. Uh, why don't you go to school and, and get? We need to get your head examined. All right, <laughs> to do a little diagnosis because because you crazy. 
And no, so, so you, by the way, you out there and you listen to podcasts, you about to make a billion dollars yourself because you got a ringtone coming out. I'm happy for you. Um, you about to, uh, you about to copyright occur. Uh, I'm happy for you, <laughs> but, but make sure when you give your philanthropic gifts, uh, you give it to us. Well, I'll just say this in Dr. Dre's defense. I mean, I think life has been very different since he's had to manage all this beats by Dre money without Suge Knight <laughs> uh, there to, to commandeer the resources. So <laughs> let me stop. Cause I'm definitely, <laughs> you go, you go get in. I ain't, I ain't saying nothing about Suge. All right. Suge, you all right with me. All right. So I don't care what this, you, you know how to find him here in North Carolina. We good. Suge. Cause Suge in prison, but he'll get you. Suge get you. Right, right. He listens to this podcast right now. Cause I know he got an iPhone in there. Don't you? So Suge, you all right with me. All right. That's Jesse. <laughs> Speaking of uh, occur, um, we do need to talk about our girl Cardi B. Oh my goodness! So, a video surfaced. It's about a three-year-old video of Cardi just kind of talking about some of the struggles that she had in trying to break into the industry. And as everyone knows, she used to be part of the adult entertainment industry. Specifically, she was an exotic dancer uh, at a very famous uh, strip club in New York, the same strip club that produced Amber Rose. Uh, And uh, while she was a dancer, she also partook in extracurricular activities that included drugging people and robbing them uh, when they would uh, try to encourage more activity than just the normal uh, strip tease that they were used to. And so this created a firestorm on social media, uh, basically establishing an equivalence between what she was doing versus what Bill Cosby was doing. And for some reason, the people who all of a sudden seem to be the most adamant that she's now the female Bill Cosby uh, seem to overlook a couple things. One, they overlook that she was drugging and robbing people, not that she was drugging and raping people. Oh, please. Tomato, tomato. You say rape, I say rob. (laughs) Let's call the whole thing off. I agree. All right. I agree with you. There's a huge difference between the two. What's the other thing? Right. And so the other thing is, I mean, I think that there's this concept or at least the false equivalence that's trying to erase the concept of a double standard, right? Mm-hmm. So people are saying, oh, it's a double standard because now uh, Cardi did it and nobody's saying anything. My concern about that, though, is why is it that for a lot of these people who are commenting on social media, why is it that now that Cardi has has kind of gotten herself incriminated on this? <laughs> You now all of a sudden know what sexual assault is, but three weeks ago, when we were like, "No, she she said no, you can't do this." They're like, but I mean, she wore that dress, right? I mean, mean, so I'm like, "No, you wore those jeans. You know, you had that money at the time." (laughs) You were asking for drugging and robbing, (laughs) and 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 in a sense, they were. And here's why: I'm gonna have I'm, I'm I'm go a little harder, Cardi. Good for you. All right. I hope you enjoyed the money. <laughs> invested well. You know, I ain't mad at you. And, and you know what, guys? Let's be clear. Let's let's get this clear from the, from now on. We know it to be a fact. Strippers do not like us. All right. <laughs> they, they tell us in every HBO documentary we ever seen. We watch, don't act like I don't even watch them. Are right, you watch them? <laughs> they tell us. All right. They do not like us. They just want the money. If you leave. All right, a strip club with the stripper. I promise you are not the one exception. All right, <laughs> you are going to lose a kidney. All right, and, and, and you know what? You 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 fine. You that you, you deserve to lose a kidney at least. All right, as long as she leave you one kidney, you fine. All right, so don't expect that that's going to be work out for you. 
All right. I've been living 50 years. All right. Uh, I, it, it's, it's never happened to me. All right. Partly because I ain't been a strip club in 30 years. But that's not the point. The point is, is that I know better. All right, because I learned in my twenties that they're not interested in me. All right, <laughs> and yeah, I have to get a roofie to figure that out. Because guess what? The women outside the club with their clothes on weren't interested in me either. All right, pretty easy <laughs> to figure that out. All right, now if you if you ain't if women if beautiful women ain't ain't trying to pick you up outside the club. All right, don't think that the beautiful woman inside the club wants you either. All right, they don't. All right, <laughs> and, and so, so you know, to me, that's you know, that's a victimless crime. All right, because you ain't a victim. <laughs> you were asking for a drugging and robbing. All right, you got what you wanted. Oh, hope it hope it was a good nap. Oh, man, yeah, it's it's funny because um, you know, in my young days, uh, the first strip club I ever attended was Magic City. So we, oh. we went to the best of the best. It ruined everything for me <laughs> after that. So we went to the best of the best. And I'm talking about all the strippers that you see in the music videos or whatever. But what they don't tell you about Magic City is that there are a whole bunch of guys in there. <laughs> and compared to the, you know, the, the ratio of strippers versus guys, like the guys pretty much outnumber everything. And the guys oftentimes who come through are a combination of rappers, professional athletes, basketball, <laughs> well, you know, and, and you're just a guy who got $20 in ones. So, <laughs> so we spent half the night just trying to pick up, you know, other people's money. And Thank you for the phone. The phone right, right. She dropped that, that $4. I know. Right. You know, I got to tell you that that's, that's so guys, all right. You know what? You know, I, I'm, Hopefully, Cardi's exaggerating the story a little bit, but even if it didn't, um, you know, there are, I guess I shouldn't say, you know, you deserve it, I guess. You don't deserve it. But here's the thing is, there are bad things that happen to a lot of people in life, and when I put the list together of the people to feel sorry for, uh, you don't make it to the top. <laughs> All right? <laughs> you get robbed by the stripper, um, that walk it off. Just looking for some quality time, man. That's like some quality time. <laughs> some wholesome Christian quality. Thank you. And the difference between these people and, say, the, the women who were victimized by Cosby or Weinstein is that the women in those cases are women who are trying to further their career. They're mm-hmm. trying to make it, make their dreams come true, just like all the rest of us. Uh, when, when you are trying to pull a stripper out of a strip club, uh, it's not for career advancement. It's not to feed your family. It used to make some dreams come true, but a wholly different type. All right. Uh, and, and as a result, I don't know what to tell you, um, but walk it off. <laughs> now, speaking of celebrities, we had the big news happened yesterday. Now, just so, you know, when you get this podcast, the date yesterday I'm talking about is March 26, 2019. I call it, I'm going to start calling it March 10th. My kids are not going to school on March 26 anymore. It's going to be a national holiday in our house the day that Jesse got off. Yes. And, and you know, we've got a lot of mixed reviews on this. But personally, as somebody who has steadfastly remained loyal to the Jesse Smollett <laughs> situation, I, I feel vindicated. You know, I feel, I feel like, you know, if there's a such thing as establishing innocence, this is as close to it as we possibly can get with our given justice system. Well, we're going to talk about that in a minute because we would disagree on that. Now, I got to confess right up front. I'm going to tell you, uh, I have been a a Jesse denier. All right. (laughs) I 
I've been, I, I've been a mogger or uh, no, no, I won't put it that way. Uh, I, but I, I didn't always believe that Jesse had been out in the polar vortex at 2 a.m. and happened to run into the only two MAGA people who holding bleach and a noose in the middle of the vortex. And guess what? I still don't believe it. All right. I, I still think Justice, Justice Lion. I did a Facebook poll the other day, by the way, and, and I wasn't alone here. By the way, did you get the official results of the poll, Justin? I, I think when Jesse. I saw it last, it was like 43% said that he's telling the truth and mm-hmm. 57 said no. 57 so that's was like, all be lying. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the thing about this. Even though I think he was lying the whole time, I'm still happy that the brother was not going to go to jail for 48 years, which is what he was possibly facing. 48 years for filing a false police report that resulted in no one going to jail. Some, some great lawyer in there. Great lawyer in Great lawyer. But was, think about it. Why did they even charge him in the first place? What was up with that? Because think about it. You, you and I see a story every day on the news mm-hmm. of some mm-hmm. brother who spent 30 years in prison. And they finally find out he's been exonerated by DNA evidence and some lying either informant or, you know, mistaken person had put him in prison for for three decades. And we never called for them to be prosecuted. But we wanted Jesse to get almost uh, 50 years for telling a story that nobody went to jail for, that nobody even got arrested for. Well, if, if our listeners will go back to the original podcast, I think from about uh, three episodes ago, um, one of the concerns I had about this case from Jump was the fact that so much information about the investigation was coming out while the investigation <laughs> was ongoing. And typically, it's not that's not standard. Usually, the, the police department are going to say, we won't reveal details of the investigation. The investigation is ongoing. Whatever they got to say to blow the reporters off the trail until they figure out, you know, if they have sufficient probable cause to, to move forward. So the fact that we were finding out what was going on with Jesse at the hospital and, Thank you know, you. like we're starting to believe that he might've lied about this. The fact that all this stuff was coming out, it was like, okay, this seems like some kind of either the evidence is so great and they're trying to rush to, to the end or it seems like there's some kind of issue where they're trying to establish a narrative throughout the media for some purpose. Um, because these leaks were just everywhere. And I don't know, you know, Chicago Police Department, <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to check my schedule, make sure I don't go to Chicago no time soon. Uh, Chicago <laughs> Police Department uh, is pretty much batting a zero for murders, except for the ones that they caused. Thank uh, you. <laughs> and even Which, then, um, they don't exa- investigate that well. Right. Absolutely. So even when they, when they shoot someone and you're absolutely right, you know, and here's what got me was is, you know, the the brother. And you know what? Why don't we forget? I'm going to put words in the brother's mouth. Let's play the video from the police chiefs. I think this answers this question as to why they, you know, were so freaked out about it. OK. So the video is going to come up here, or the audio, and we'll listen to this brother. So listen, um, I'm sure we all know what what occurred this morning. Uh, My personal opinion is that you all know where I stand on this. Um, Do I think justice will serve? No. Where do I think justice is? I think this city is still old an apology. And, And let me digress for a moment. 
When I came on this job, I've been a cop now for about 31 years. When I came on this job, I came on with my honor, my integrity, and my reputation. If someone accused me of doing anything that would circumvent that, then I would want my day in court, period, to clear my name. I've heard that they wanted their day in court with TV cameras so America could know the truth, but no, they chose to hide behind secrecy and broker a deal to circumvent the judicial system. My job as a police officer is to investigate an incident, gather evidence, gather facts, and present them to the state's attorney. That's what we did. I stand behind the detective's investigation. I'll let Mary Manuel comment further. As days go by. <laughs> Call Winslow, man. No, no, no. I, I hate that meme. People are using the, what was that, the Family Matters, right? Yes. With uh, Carl Winslow. He was actually a decent brother. This coon ass <laughs> Negro. Let me tell you the two things that pissed me. And I had to watch this like four times in like 10 second increments, all right, because mm-hmm. I was cursing it and cutting it, cutting it off every 10 seconds. First of all, he comes out and he says that Jesse owes the people of Chicago an apology. Right. Jussie said that two people in a city of five million did something <laughs> to him, and he owes a whole city an apology because somehow the act of violence being perpetrated against you in Chicago is unbelievable and ridiculous. In the only city that I told talked to you about a few weeks ago, I got robbed in. All right, so don't give me no bullshit about how Chicago is this amazing place, that the magical place, magical place. You better have a pistol on you. One, all right. Two, he says, y'all made him work. He's like, you, you made me have to investigate. Thank want- you. <laughs> Secondly, this is the thing that you, you have to be his point, right? He said that if I was accused of, of, of something like this, I would turn down. When the, when the prosecution said, I'm not going to prosecute you, I'd say no. You're going to bring charges against me because I'm going to prove myself innocent. Well, Negro, <laughs> bring charges against the people who shot Laquan McDonald. Bring charges against right. the 38 other brothers you, you and see, let them clear their names. You, you give them immediate exoneration, but Jussie is doing backroom deals. And they have a, a brother, uh, no, I'm sorry, a Negro say, no, 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 shit. A fool, a coon say that. I got, see, that's what you got me cursing now. I'm, I'm going to have to go to church, Jesse. God damn you. I'm going to have to go back to church on, on Wednesday. You can't go to church on Wednesday. I'm going to break into church to apologize <laughs> because I'm so mad at this brother. And here's what pissed me off is he's not as stupid as he sounds. Mm. He knows better. And somehow he is caping, once again, for the city of Chicago and their reputation, a city that is MAGA country to the core. And that's what they're upset about, that the guy said it's MAGA country. And they're like, we're not MAGA country. Well, you know what? When you have a disparity in income between blacks and whites like you do in Chicago, right. you MAGA country. When your schools are funded disproportionately for the white students on the North Shore and the brothers in the hood, you know, Cabrini Gaines and all those places get no money for their schools. It's MAGA country. Right. When you got a school prison pipeline, which is damn near plugged up so much you need Drano, all right, to get all everybody through, you got MAGA country. So don't sit here and tell, right. to tell me that your city is this haven of wonderfulness for black people because they let your butt have a job, which, by the way, you know, they will take from you next week. 
Yeah. I'm done too. I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm ranch over. I'm done. No, I mean, like, so so here is a, a, a pivotal situation for me. Um, A, I just want to see this guy and Jesse Smollett square up. So whatever they got to do <laughs> to make that happen, that'll be great. But I just feel like on one hand, we have this, uh, this well, he's the, the officer is saying that this was a deal, right? Right. And uh, up until maybe about an hour ago, I was watching Jesse Smollett's attorney talking to Anderson Cooper, and she's still sticking to the script of there was no deal. I agree. We were called and they told us this was what was going to happen. Okay, good. So, legally, there's some kind of disconnect somewhere. Either the prosecutor, who is Kimberly Foss, well-respected prosecutor, who um, uh, she removed herself from the situation because she had spoken with family members and gave it to an assistant uh, district attorney to see through. So, either the cops case isn't as strong as they thought it was mm-hmm. or they did do a deal and it's under seal now. And, but, but there's, we will never know because it's under seal. Um, I've been trying to find my colleagues to see if Illinois has any kind of express expunction <laughs> statute that will allow you to get something expunged before it's even you know, put in the court right. Um, well, you know, in with that regard, and calm, clear, clearness. You know, you you're making an excellent point here. The sister, I heard, I saw an interview with her earlier today, and she mm-hmm. tried to explain a couple of things. All right, she she says that look, Jussie's punishment here is exactly what we would have given anybody in this context. We don't mm-hmm. throw people in jail for filing false police reports. We don't give them 48 years in prison. We certainly didn't do that with Barbecue Becky. Mm-hmm. I'm throwing in that part. We didn't do it with Cornerstone Caroline, with Permit Patty, with the 400 other alliterative nicknames that I've coined over the internet over the last year. All right? Mm-hmm. People calling the police on people unnecessarily or filing reports against them is never a crime. Certainly not one that we put people in jail on a felony charge for. So Shane, look, we don't throw people in jail for this. Why would we throw him in jail for this? One. Mm -hmm. Secondly, I think, and this is why I'm kind of mad about the expungement, because I think that she would have, I shouldn't say about the sister, maybe the sister wouldn't, but another prosecutor would have loved to try Jussie if they could. I think that the police had messed up something so bad that this was the only way to get out of it. And she's saving their face. And here's why I say that, because if you're a prosecutor and, you know, you got a you know decent job or whatever, but it's not a high paying lawyer job, you know, you're out there struggling and you get a choice to try a famous person. And even if you lose, become Marsha Clark. Right. Remember Marsha Clark? Yep. Uh, Marsha Clark used to be a, a prosecutor in L.A. What was that, in the 90s or an OJ trial? Uh, yep. mid- uh, when's the last time you think she had to go to work? She 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 getting that that, mm-hmm. that that big speaking money, right? right? She by the way, she lost. She get to go out there and tell people how she lost a trial of century <laughs> for twenty thirty grand a pop. And she she, right. she 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 ain't worked a day in her life since then. So normally a prosecutor couldn't wait to try Jussie, even if they had a bad case, because they want to get you know on the circuit themselves. This right. is a case where they could not try this case, in my opinion. My, my guess is that they could not try the case. And for him to sit there and act like they didn't do nothing wrong. And here's the thing is she pulled his butt out of the fire because what she should have, well, what I hope they would have done was say, no, 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 this is what happened. And blam, they beat the confession out of the Nigerians. They did this, that, et cetera, right? I want to see what they did wrong here because they were way too gung-ho. Like you said, they were leaking information. Yep. They were way, way, way I, you know, out of pocket 
and out of protocol, and she bailed him out, and then he got on the TV and got indignant. Well, and it, and it gets worse because then you have the mayor, Ron yeah. Emanuel, who used to be President Obama's uh, chief of staff, uh, and the mayor starts revealing that despite the fact that he's a Democrat, he might have some issues with race. Uh, so the mayor, oh, you think so? <laughs> you think he might have a couple? Possibly. I mean, until the Laquan McDonald videotape came out, uh, he was gung-ho. And, and then when it did come out, we didn't get an apology from him. So I don't know where um, where their loyalties lie. But the mayor even goes as far as to say that this is a whitewashing of justice, which I took as a dog whistle. Like, that's what I took it as. I was like, okay, whitewashing. No, that's what your officers do when they kill black kids in Chicago or when they can't figure out why little Kanika was in the refrigerator. That's what your officers do is whitewash. <laughs> so I don't understand how this came about. And and it's like they, they targeted so much stuff to get Jesse Smollett. They overcharged him. Mm-hmm. They charged him with every felony in the book. They marched him through for the perp walk. Mm-hmm. Um, he got arrested right what the day before R. Kelly. So you put his life in danger having him in the same jail. Yeah. <laughs> at least, at least he was definitely in danger of getting peed on. There's no doubt about right. that. <laughs> and and then to stand up here and just like be indignant, like you don't even care about all the stuff that you did wrong. Mm-hmm. You're just focused on you know trying to support the blue wall, trying to support the 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 cops there. Meanwhile. No homicides are getting solved. Like the whole police force is in the freaking press conference. Ain't nobody <laughs> investigating anything. You so know what? Exactly. But you know what? As bad as they are, and more, most likely they are shoot brothers. I hope they do a press conference all time. I hope they're out there now. All right. So some brothers might be able to make it tonight. Um, they're not getting <laughs> right, shot right. by the damn police. But you're right, though. I mean, you know, it, it was, it was, it was, in, uh, and so I know, I don't know, because here's my problem is I'm tempted. To, to 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 sort of pull in Black Jesus on this one, because he okay. was Obama's chief of staff, and I pray for me. I know the choir congregation and the choir is going to lose it, and Mama, we're going to lose the church because we're never going to have a church split. Because I know you can't say anything about Black Jesus, but um, uh, that Obama, I know you're listening, uh, brother. That's that's your boy. Uh, mm. That's all I'm gonna say. All right, that that's your boy. He is mayor because of your name. All right. That is your, um, I'm not saying it's your responsibility. You got a lot of responsibilities. You handle a lot of stuff, but I am going to say, uh, that he wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. Um, and that's all I'm going to say about that. Well, you know, and I think this is a good reminder to people, particularly with an election season coming up. Mm. This is a good reminder that just because somebody has a donkey pin on or they, they claim to be blue or whatever, that doesn't necessarily absolve them of, of racism. Like they're like this is definitely the time in 2019 to be investigating everybody who's trying to run for some of the highest offices and their affiliations. You know, uh, and, and that's on both and, sides of the line. Well, in, in that regard, we're going to do a little, little, little audible here because why don't we do this as use the opportunity to move into the people that you're talking about moving into 2019, and let's talk about some of the Democratic candidates. Um, because we got a situation here that was very similar a couple weeks ago. Last week, I think it was Uncle Joe Biden mm-hmm. tried to, um, you know, he's going to be trying to run on the Obama coattails. And people right. remember Rob Emanuel. All right, let's not necessarily give Uncle Joe a pass just because uh, he used to be Obama's boy. Um, right. But also, he tried to pull in the, the, the okie doke and bring in Stacey Abrams, too. Right. 
Right, and I, and I was with it, hook, line, and sinker. I think I you fell for it, hook, line, too. If 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 Stacy says that she's running with Joe Biden, that's it for me. Like this, <laughs> the decision has been made, and and you know, I know I've probably told every single candidate, at least in a Facebook post, that I support them. But all of that is disregarded if Stacey Abrams is involved in this race. You know, forget everything I said. Delete the message. Um, and so, you know, I was waiting for that announcement to come out. Of course, I had heard from all these different sources and people that I know who were. Uh, associated with trying to organize kind of Biden's exploratory committee. But uh, at the same time, you know, I hadn't heard anything from Stacey. And today <laughs> she finally came out and she says she doesn't run for second place. And so without Stacey, I'm off of Biden. I'm back on, um, <laughs> you know, pretty much everybody. It's uh, what I'm, I'm back on Kamala Harris, uh, Cory Booker, um, uh, I, I really like Marianne Williamson because she was talking about reparations, uh, which I know she's not really gonna do. But you know, hey, <laughs> Andrew Yang is cool. You know, give me an extra thousand dollars every month. Uh, Pete, uh, boot edge edge. There you uh, go. No, 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 no. Bucharest. Um, Bucharest. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. And, and and you're right. Now let's go back a second because here's what made me mad. You know, it, it's it's fun when we disagree. It's not often, but every once in a while we do. I was livid. It that that pulled me back. Almost pulled me back from a Facebook. You know, uh, sabbatical. All right. Mm-hmm. When when that came out. Because I was livid, and here's why: because I suspected that Joe was doing that as a way to allow him to run, you know, run his campaign for whites, by whites, all whites, all the time. Basically, mm. he was going to talk to those Scranton working class. I love how white people get to be working class. You know, black people have jobs too. Right, most of us have two, three jobs, but somehow we don't get to be working class. But he's gonna work for right. them, and he could easily do it because here's what he do: he say, "Look, I got a black VP; they'll handle all that. White people, don't worry about it. We get, you know, you, you know, I'm not dealing with that black stuff. We got, we got, we, we got sister for that. I'm gonna do my thing, and I'm gonna handle your business. Now, how yeah. many uh, vice presidential proposals go through? We couldn't even get midnight basketball from Al Gore." All right. That's how much that's how much that's how much power the vice president has. So Stacey Abrams is right. So I don't want that job. Think about it. Hillary didn't want that job. Bernie didn't want that job. Nobody wants that job. Right. Right. And, 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 and so the idea is like, you know, he was just using that as a okie doke. That's just a way to sort of get black people in line. And we might have fallen for it because we love us some Stacey Abrams. And I do, too. Absolutely. But you know what? If, 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 if here's what I would be happy with. Switch to flip the ticket. All right, Vice President, okay. so wonderful, Joe. You be Vice President. I'll vote for Stacey <laughs> Abrams for President twice. All right, I will put on a wig and a dress and come back as Shauna Carter. All right, the next time through. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but the but but I ain't doing that for Uncle Joe because uh oh, no. you know you st- he's still in, in in that in in that mindset that says you know we need to get you know these racist white folks uh back to the party because right. you know the, the problem is that they won't vote for us. And, you know, there's a school of thought also that that um, subscribes to the opinion that he was seeking Stacey Abrams to make up for the issues that he calls for Anita Hill mm-hmm. way back when um, during Clarence Thomas's confirmation in an effort to kind of inhibit her from being able to get her story <laughs> out as she would want to. Uh, and so, you know, I, I don't know if people are still carrying that that. That acts. I don't know if Anita Hill is even carrying that act at this point. Uh, well, it's not just Anita Hill. We got we got some comments from him about bussing, 
and Ooh. about how you know he, he was he was against um busing and thought you know that we shouldn't you know ruin the white schools too um and uh mm. yeah, yeah we, we 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 joe had joe is is, is is classic and think about it here's the thing about a vice president the purpose of a vice presidential pick is not to give you any new policies or whatever is to shore up your support among people who don't think that they otherwise are being uh, supported by you. So, for instance, if you're Obama, you pick a Joe Biden because you want rural white people to say, hey, look, you know, there is a working class white people saying, hey, look, there's an experienced old white guy like we're familiar with. We're not mm. sure about all this new hip hop stuff, so we'll allow him to be do it. <laughs> the reason you're when you pick a, a, a Sarah Palin because you're you're McCain, you're like, look, I'm a 155 year old white man. I right. need to pick me a young chick with high thigh high boots, and you know, and try to you know give me a little little, little spice here and, and a little um, you know a little flair, right? And it's like. So basically, you pick them at the end. You pick your vice president at the end to try to shore up whatever you think you didn't handle in the beginning. If you pick your vice president at the beginning, you're telling people, I ain't going to say shit about black people for, mm. for, for two years because I need to shore up the base that I don't necessarily have built in because I haven't you know, dealt, dealt with their issues. And so he was basically telling people, I ain't going to worry about y'all at all. And the worst part is it could have worked because, and I hate to say it about us, but we're not always the most informed voters in the primary. That's true. All right. We will, if we recognize your name, we will throw it on the ballot. All right. And so if you have a name like Clinton, we we will give you all of the South Carolina, Georgia, et cetera, the states you need on Super Tuesday because Mm -hmm. we're familiar with you. Right. And unless you made some big inroads with us, you know, it's not going to work for you. And, and, and as a result, you know, it, it might have worked for him. So I'm so glad Stacey didn't. Call, and I think she knew that, too. Right. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. I'm not going to sit here and be, your, <laughs> you know, your your, your way of, of, of the disregarding black folks. Now, as far as women and, and not holding up the, the facade, um, I, I got to say something a little controversial. But uh, I don't think that uh, that Rosario Dawson and Cory Booker are actually dating. I'm gonna say. <laughs> what would give you that? I that impression. <laughs> I'm just like you know what you don't get to come out the blue. You know, think about it, for all these years. Where's your girlfriend, Corey? Well, she go to another country, right? You know, I, right, I'm, right. I'm, I'm married to my work, and then all of a sudden you come out. With, with with one of the most beautiful women in the world, <laughs> you no 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 you don't get to come out with just starter girlfriends Rosario Dawson. All right, you got you got you got to work up to that. All right, I, I you know you got to establish some cred before you do that. And, and to me, it was just like, look, man, you you know, <laughs> you, you're being ri- ri- ridiculous. All right, and I don't know, you know, what the brother's sexualities don't care. All right, but I do know that you're not going to try to fool me. All right, but saying that you, that you all up in Dawson's Creek, and and Rosario ain't no better because <laughs> everybody know you know. Well, I guess maybe it's just me, but there's a certain look of happiness and satisfaction that a woman has when she's truly involved in a relationship with somebody. <laughs> and from the look of it, I felt like if the right person came along, was like, "Yo, I know you ain't happy. You got options, mom." <laughs> she was like, uh, okay, okay, I'm out. Um, she didn't convince me. Like when they say, "Oh, you think Yeah, he's um like great and caring, and you know, like when when 
that 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 description, you know, we're going through our growth phases. If you've ever been labeled as ugly, but people don't want to call you ugly. So they say all these great things about your personality and how how big your heart is and you know <laughs> and it hurts. But you take it because it's the only compliment that you're getting. And, 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 and we're clear, you know, none of us are saying that Cory Booker's this hideous, ugly guy. But right. you understand, that's what's Arnold Dawson, all right? Absolutely. That's not, right? I understand, you know, it's probably a nice-looking woman at the Waffle House. You go there, Corey. Right, go to Waffle right, right. House. You want to go up to, you know, go up to Red Lobster, right? You know, treat yourself, all right? But you're not going to convince me, all right, that you would miss America every year, all right? <laughs> <laughs> And I'm, I'm going to say this. Oh, I hate to say it. I hate to do it. But this is my controversial thing that I have to figure out, Cory Booker, because he's just not very soulful to me. Right. <laughs> I, just, I hate to, I don't know if that's like a fancy way of saying he's not black enough. I don't know. But he's just not very soulful to me. Like, I feel like him and Rosario, like Rosario Dawson has soul from two cultures. Yeah, so, right. <laughs> like, you got to be able to keep up. And I feel like going around someone. Well, you know, uh, the uh, way I just don't feel like that's going to create any kind of illusion of a of a relationship. So I, I, I don't do know. want to see his iPod or iPhone playlist. I I, I got to see <laughs> what's on there. If I see a lot of English beat and you know, and Thompson Twins and you know, and groups from the eighties, um, you know, uh, Boy George and the Culture Club, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I want I want to see at least a couple a couple of ludicrous. In there, and I don't think I'm gonna see. I don't think I'm gonna see Ludacris in there. I mean, but he claiming Newark, so he probably got Redman in there somewhere. I mean, he better have. Or he better, he, <laughs> you know, Red Method Man, somebody. All right, but um, you know, we'll we'll, we'll see. Now, you mentioned before, um, uh, what, what, what was it? Booty chest, um, uh, boot crest, um, boot and back <laughs> but, but now, now I gotta tell you, that's the guy that for me is a front runner right now, right? Don't feel mm-hmm. those of you don't know, uh, Mayor Pete um, uh, Buttigieg, Boot Edge mm-hmm. Edge, right? Buttigieg is uh, making the little names. He's a very, very progressive guy. What I like about him is the guy is smart, right? Road Scholar. Absolutely. My new rule for 2020 is you gotta be able to beat me in Jeopardy. To be president, <laughs> all right. If you got a road scholar, I'm a, a scholar, and Booker has one too. So those two get a pass, all right. But everybody else, look me up on Facebook. All right, we'll play on the Facebook version of of, of Jeopardy. But I'm not getting you're not getting my vote until you beat me in Jeopardy. Two out of three, all right. Okay. I ain't gonna have no more stupid presidents anymore. All right, that that's the rule. All right. Okay. Um, so if you can't beat me in Jeopardy, you you can't be president. Secondly, though, this is a tough guy. Now, on one hand, he looks very, you know, small of stature. He's, he, but, he, but he went to Afghanistan. And what? here's what I love about it is he is gay. He goes into the military with booty in his name. <laughs> Do you know how much hell he had to pay for four years? Right? It's not like the soldiers would ever get tired of that. They in Afghanistan anyway. They ain't got Comedy right. Central. Right? He right. was every night, he was Comedy Central, right? And, the and, drill instructor. And, and, and I, exactly, right? Everybody, right? <laughs> he dealt with that the entire time. And here's what I love about the guy, right? I know he can deal with Trump's BS during the debates because right. Trump is going to call him everything but Buttigieg, right? Right. And, and, and here's what I love about this he can handle it. Remember, um, what was it, Jeb Bush? 
Trump called him two names. He was like, this is beneath me. I'm leaving. He called me low energy. Right? I don't have to worry right. about that with, 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 with booty chips. All right, booty chips can handle <laughs> all right, Trump. I also like the idea of, of, of the first gentleman in the White House. Mm-hmm. He's certainly going to get better than Melania, sorry, but... Very, very acceptable now. I think that, you know, just like George W. Bush paved the way for the first black president, <laughs> I, think, I think Trump has made things so horrible that people want to look around and give somebody else a shot. So I'll just say this. I, I think that right now, um, in my personal candid opinion, I think Trump got this in the bag. <laughs> he got this, this re-election in the bag. Uh, <laughs> Um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where like you want to hate him, but you don't want to run a campaign that's solely based on right. anti-Trump. This guy probably has the most hope of anybody right. because he may splinter the military vote. He also is going to get the liberal groups who are going to be supportive of seeing somebody different in the White House. But what I really liked about him is he actually did an interview with the Breakfast Club a couple days oh, really? ago. So he can shot us. Yeah, and and oh. when when he was asked, because of course Breakfast Club, Charlemagne the God is always going to ask about your black agenda, right? Okay. And right. that's the thing. He's like, I'm not voting for anybody who doesn't have a black agenda, right. and I support that. And this guy, not only did he have a black agenda, but he had he had the platform broken down. It wasn't just slogans. It was like, right. wow, like he's actually thought about this. Um, and so one of the things was he wants to make a major investment in black entrepreneurship because he said people talk about the black agenda. The first thing they talk about is criminal justice reform and reentry issues. But what about black people who are trying to start a business and get access to capital and things like that? And I was like, wow, he's thought about this. You know what I'm saying? Like, this, preach this it, booty preach. Right. <laughs> so, you know, stuff like that. Now I'm, I'm still in the, in the phase where I believe everybody's pandering and they've, prepared for this breakfast club interview so they know but the number of candidates that go on there particularly the black candidates that go on breakfast club and don't have a black agenda like that's scary to me um but see what they've so, been practicing all this time for iowa and new hampshire right, right? you don't have to have right. a black agenda and, and that's what i'm saying you know it's like i'm, I'm glad that he, you know i didn't even know that about the guy i knew he had progressive policies was smart you know had all that stuff going for him but yeah he got a black agenda you know it's gonna be hard to get me off um you know booty jugs and I, that's just i mean <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm gonna have a hard time um but I'm, I'm gonna try to keep an open mind my general rule is i will vote for you unless your name is donald j trump Right. Okay. Um, and, and that's true, even though I got to say, um, Beto uh, O'Rourke, I'm going to have a hard time voting for uh, Mr. White Privilege. <laughs> I would do it unless he changed his name to, you know, Donald J. Trump, Beto, you know, Beto Trump. Right. I, I will. I will, I, will, I will vote for him. But uh, I'm a little, you know, I, I, I'm a little uh, disturbed. By the fact that you know, cause you you know, white boy cute, uh, you you could run because his policies are um, you know would have been liberal for Texas, right, right, right. But 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 so would the people in Saudi Arabia be liberal for Texas, <laughs> right? I mean, you know, that's not saying anything, and he's definitely you you know is is not is not down with, with, with Black Lives Matter. I'm not even sure he's down with White Lives Matter. To tell the truth, that's Texas. <laughs> 
<laughs> and so uh, we're going to have to, you know, work on that. And, you know, ladies, and I don't have to work through my sisters, but you know, for, for our white sisters, uh, just because the man is cute and you make you get you a little tingly, uh, you don't have to vote for him to be president. Right. Just, you know, just get a poster of him. All right. And, and you that, know, and enjoy yourself. And that includes Michael Avenatti, if he gets out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, he gonna be running for prison president. Uh, <laughs> yeah, his slogan gonna be three hots in a cot." <laughs> I have the sex from cell block D. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I is anyway. So, so we're, we're good now. We do have to speak of prison. Um, somehow, Trump managed to avoid it. What a surprise! What a surprise. So um, for everybody who have been waiting on this coveted uh, Mueller report, <laughs> so the Mueller Mueller report gets released. it gets released and it gets released to the uh, attorney general of the United States who goes through the report and for some reason decides to tell us a summary of what the report says as opposed to releasing the report. Now, Granted, there are still some active investigations going on, and we can certainly understand if there are some things that need to be redacted, because unlike Chicago, the federal government is smart <laughs> enough to know that you don't reveal information during an investigation. So that we understand. What we don't understand is, who gave you the right to summarize <laughs> this man's two years worth of reporting and researching and all this stuff and tell us? Oh, well, basically all it says is Trump didn't do anything wrong. There was no collusion. (laughs) (laughs) I think you skipped some steps in there. (laughs) Here's the thing, though, is that, you know, what else could he have said? The thing that we all forgot, and it's so amazing that we all forgot it. I even forgot it myself. Immediately when it first happened, I, I knew it, and then I somehow forgot it, is that Trump, the Trump administration, picked Mueller. Mm-hmm. You don't pick your. You don't get to pick your own prosecutor, and the reason is because if you pick your own prosecutor, you don't get prosecuted. That's the rule. Right. That's the I law. Agree. If I pick a prosecutor, I guarantee you they're not going to indict me because I picked them to not indict me. That's why I picked them, right? <laughs> right. And so the idea that this ever could have ended any other way is ridiculous. Mueller wasn't some radical truth teller. He is a guy who was a former head of the FBI. And even black people were like, oh, I'm certainly the former head of FBI. His what, reputation for integrity is beyond tr- tr- question. Really? Mm-hmm. The head of the FBI? That's the guy we trust now? <laughs> we should have known this. We would have been had hoodwinked. Uh, uh, thank you. Uh, was it wham, bam? Thank you, ma'am. Just the tipped, which is my favorite one. Um, we, have been, <laughs> we, 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 we were had on this thing. And what drives me crazy about it is that you know, we all sort of forgot for a little while because we were so desperate to get rid of Trump that we were willing to believe any fantasy, including, and a brother told me this online the other day, which, which I totally forgot as well. Let's say Mueller found out that Trump had colluded with the Russians. Right. How does the American government admit to the world that we got played <laughs> by our arch enemy? That's a good point. <laughs> See, even if Mueller is is down and bad about it and, 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 and wants to protect the republic, 
he will conclude that the best way to protect the public is to not tell the Russians that they got us, right? And even though the Russians don't get not tell the rest of the world, because guess what? That makes us open season. Next election is going to be taken over by the Chinese, right? The mm. Venezuelans probably get somebody in 2026, right? Because it would just be easy. Basically, you'd be telling the world, <laughs> you, are, you can make America your bitch. All right. All you need to do is go to Facebook, you set your account up with Zuckerberg, he'll handle you, he'll take care of you, right? Right. So right. you know, this is the kind of thing where you could not tell, right? Even if it, it, it turned out to be true. Now, by the way, I don't want people to get confused here. And this is what we talked about earlier, the point of exoneration, our system not exonerating you. Right. Trump, all right, is guilty of colluding with the Russians and could be tried in a criminal trial beyond a reasonable doubt and be convicted. And here's why I say that, right? We have a situation in which Trump, its people went to a hotel room mm-hmm. with, with Russians who said, hey, we got the goods on Hillary. They walk out of the hotel room. The Russians released the goods on Hillary. Now, if you, and then by the way, everybody lies about it. So imagine this one. Your wife asks you, hey, Jesse, you know this girl, Tanisha? And you say, I don't, I, I, I'm sorry, I, I, Taniqua, I don't know Taniqua. And then mm-hmm. we find out emails in which not only do you know Taniqua, but Taniqua said, come on up to the motel and get some of this goody goody. <laughs> you tell her you went to the hotel to get some of the goody goody, but she you know, didn't like it with that goody goody. <laughs> and then you decided not to take the goody goody. Uh, and then mm-hmm. nine months later, uh, she got a baby looking like you. Right. right. Uh, you're going to need some marriage counsel. All right. Or, because or a, good, thank you know, or, or a gun. <laughs> right. Some some protection. Right. Because she ain't going to believe that. And to me, it's like, look, if you meet with the hitman and the hitman pulls off the hit, right. you go to prison. We don't right. need no more proof. We don't need to see bank ledgers. We don't need to see nothing. We got a guy right now in prison. He, he his daughter burned up in the car, left his daughter, little girl in the car, right? Mm-hmm. And she burned up, you know, from heat. They don't have a hitman meeting with him. You know what they got? They got an internet search. He looked up right. how to burn up your little girl in the car. Mm-mm-mm. That was enough. We didn't ask no more questions. I'm not taking right. his appeal. I, I, he guilty. If you look up how to burn up your little girl and she burned up, then that's, that's just it. If you go to a meeting for how to get the information out and the information comes out, you guilty. Right. And, and and the fact that we had to even have an investigation for two years, right? It's like, what takes two years about this? Because I don't know about you, but uh, that to me was enough. When I heard about Don, Dumb Donald Jr., I was like, I'm done. Well, you know, Go Dumb Donald meeting. Jr. get ready to run for president. That's what, <laughs> He ran for president after the next term. He, 2024, <laughs> he, he just might win because we, 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 we're not going to be able to... And even if he doesn't win, by the way, the other thing is everyone's talking about elections as elections are the answer. We need to just get Trump out of office. I'm convinced that the ballot is not the ticket to freedom. And, and, mm-hmm. he, and here's why. And we need to vote. All right, But you ever notice how Dr. King, as much as he preached and, and talked, he spent very little time on voting and certainly almost no time on endorsing particular candidates. Mm. And, and here's why, because he understood, you know, because he was a genius, the, the, the understanding that here's the thing about the American people. 
we're never going to get progress through the political system because the American people don't want progress through the political system. And here's what I mean by this. The American people want, want divided government. The reason that Trump had a Republican House is because the people who voted for Hillary in the 2016 election also mm-hmm. voted for Republican Congress people. Right. And the reason that we have a Democratic House now is those people found out that Trump won the election, surprise, and then went and voted for Democrats this time because they want divided government. So when Obama comes in in 2008 with hope and change, by 2010, both houses, right, or I'm sorry, the, 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 the House is not just Republican a little bit, it's way Republican by 2010 right. because people did not want Right, a government that could do anything. So if you look at big issues like climate change and, and wealth disparities and, and, and health care, the American people will prevent the government from ever making any progress because no matter how once you get in, in two years, they're going to switch it. And we saw it Clinton, right. 94, the Republicans come in with the contract for America, boom, right? Divided government. We saw it with Bush, 2006. Republicans, they sweep the Democrats in office, right? Nancy Pelosi. They didn't want even the Republicans to control. Our, our people do not want government to do anything, right? Make any moves. And, and so, you know, if we're going to get anything done, we're going to have to start going back to King ways. Because, you know, the Civil Rights Bill is not a, a spontaneous Democratic movement. Right. The civil rights movement and and the act and all of that is a result of some very committed minority of people getting out in the streets and saying, you're not going to continue doing stuff the way you used to do it. We're not going to sit in the back of this bus. We're not waiting for a law to be passed by the majority of people. They're never going to do that. You're just not going to have no bus anymore. Right. So I I agree with all that. I I think that the problem that I, I foresee is they have created a system in this country where people are so reliant on jobs that really aren't paying people what they're supposed to make right. that the fear of losing that job mm. causes them to avoid situations where they're going to speak out, even in social media context. Because somebody will take a screenshot of what you put up, send it to the boss, and say, This doesn't fit with the values of the corporation, you're fired. Then the people who own those corporations a lot of times are the participants that are in the government or are buddy-buddy with those people who are in the government. So it's like if you get kicked out of one place, you're probably going to be blackballed and not be able to get into another. So I think it goes back also to um, one of the the powers that Dr. King had was during segregation, we had pockets of the country that black churches and black people ran stuff in that area. So you didn't have to worry about too much interference or if you want to have a secret meeting at Ebenezer Church in Atlanta, you can do that. You know, you can do that. Well, although, you know, there was still some of that back then. And we know a lot of people who, you know, were, for instance, the Montgomery bus boycott who lost jobs because their boss didn't appreciate them boycotting, right, and all of that type of stuff. Right. And you're right, but it was a big deal. You know, so if you work for IBM, the state would be a big deal. But here's where I think we might have some 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 relief to that coming up now is we live a lot in a gig economy right where people are just you know doing a little bit here a little bit there you know i drive for uber a little bit i drive for amazon some etc and as people get less dependent upon one employer 
right? Employer, by the way, didn't provide any benefits or anything like that. So why do you care if you lose a job? I think people might have a little more freedom. No more money. They're broke. But, but a little more freedom to be able to, to move forward. And here's the thing that's kind of interesting. We should put this out as a brothers-in-law. I did some reading today on the Tunisia, right, Arab Spring. Mm-hmm. And it turns out, you know who played a big part in that? Lawyers. So what happens is that, you know, the guy burned, there's a, a street vendors out there selling fruits and vegetables one day. The cops roll up on him do normal cop stuff, stuff that you'd see here, take his card or whatever. He is like, man, you, I can't feed my family with this card. He goes, he tries to stop the cop. They beat him up. And then he goes to city hall. They say, I'm not listening to you. You're not getting your vegetable card back. He mm-hmm. on the steps of the city hall, just burns himself up, lights fire and burns himself up. Now, certainly no black people going to do that. Or can't do that. Right, right. But what happened was, is that it, be, it, it set off a, 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 a thing, and so we started more protests, and it started out with just ones and twosies. The lawyers picked this up, and one day, 95% of the lawyers went on strike. So mm. I said, you won't be putting anybody in jail, you won't be uh, doing any court business, you won't be doing any murders, you won't be able to do anything. 95% of the lawyers just went on strike, and it really sort of, in a sense, crippled the country. Interesting. We have that power. We saw that happen with TSA during the lockout. I don't know if you know, but the day that the, that the lockout or the, 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 yeah, the, what was it? I'm sorry, the shutdown ended was the same day that TSA workers stopped going to work in, in, in New York and they had to shut down um, LaGuardia and Newark. Mm-hmm. And the moment they had to shut it down, they were like, wow, they found a way to open up the government. And I suspect it's because they were getting calls in Congress and the president from rich business people saying, hey, I can't go get my money. Right. right, I can't get on it, and, and 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 so the thing is that you know I think there's a way to do this by putting pressure so that rich people pay, and once they start losing money, they will do whatever it takes to get us to turn the spigots back on. But this idea that we're going to through the you know a fifty-one forty-nine majority in the House and Senate get the change we need, I think you know is 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 just a way to keep us distracted. Yeah, it's a good point. I never thought about it like that. And, and so here's what we need you to do. Uh, I can't uh, handle this this move myself. Uh, I, 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 got, I, I still got a mortgage, people. Uh, and so I'm going to have to go out and, and do these speeches and, and you know, and, and do my menstrual thing for these white folks. So I need some charismatic brother listening to me uh, to go ahead and take over the movement. Uh, <laughs> just organize the two, three million people and handle that. And I'll be rooting you on, brother. I'm rooting you on. Andrew Gillum, I, I know you're out there listening. Uh, Andrew, would be perfect. Come on, come we, on we brother. Need we need you. Um, yeah, exactly. We we need preachers, but we're going to vet some of y'all because some of y'all are You don't be acting right. Uh, but we need something. You, you guys got a guy in North Carolina. Who's the brother I'm thinking about? Uh, William Barber? Yes. Now, that's yeah. a brother. You know, uh, that, that's the kind of brother we, you know, but I, you know, I, I'm, and so, so I'm, you know, I'm, but I'm a little optimistic, but I'm a little, I mean, you know, I'm going to vote, like, I'm, I'm going to do my part. And I think, you know, I'm not saying, don't, please don't get me wrong, that King ever thought that legislation, you know, that you shouldn't vote or anything like that. I'm not saying that at all, but I'm simply saying that he understood very well that that's not going to get us everywhere we need to go he is getting, Absolutely. you know, uh, taking back, back both houses of Congress. Cause, uh, let me tell you who owns Congress, a uh, Bowen. <laughs> we saw that last week. We had time to get in that story. Obviously, yeah. We made, I was it, we made it through three, three weeks of, of crazy stuff. 
Yeah, man. Yeah, and and we did well, man. We we're still up and flying and like Boeing. And um, (laughs) (laughs) you know the the thing that that that's that's crazy about that to me though was is that it's interesting how quickly, you know, the the government changed its stance on that one. Right, two days before they were like, "Ain't nothing wrong with these planes," you know. I'm I'm flying. You you know, I I trust them. My life, you know, I let them fly through my mama's house. (laughs) <laughs> and the next day they were like uh, uh you need to be around every one of these all right <laughs> yeah i was nervous because i was I was really sad about the uh the ethiopia flight only because like you know I've, i'm real big into like looking at african industries and right uh ethiopia had the article last year about the uh all-female um plane staff so the pilot yeah. was black female um stewardess stewardesses were all black female uh, and I was like, wow, this is, you know, this is powerful. This is an right. example of what black excellence could be. So you don't want to hear anything. Well, I, I never want to hear anything negative that comes out of Africa. And unfortunately, when that plane crash happened, a couple things. One, I think that a lot of folks aren't always keen on all the other economic investment that other countries are doing mm. in Africa okay. because people just assume, oh, it's black people and they poor. And kids got flies on their face. And that's not true at all. Um, so, you know, they were shocked to find out it was people on the plane from uh, from Dubai, from right. Japan, from America, from Germany. Um, and then on top of that, I feel like, you know, this this plane in to Ethiopia, to this airline, meant a lot. Because this was an opportunity for them to have a major jumbo jet. And it was an opportunity for them to do full scale, like stepping into the realm of the big boy airports, like full scale, full service, big time, nice flights, getting you where you need to go quickly. And to find out that, you know, even from their review of the black box and all that, the pilots were astutely trained. They did everything they could, but this defect in the computer system for this particular type of airplane, which is known by Boeing, uh, it was something that nobody knew about. So they're trying to do everything they've been trained to do to keep this thing from crashing. But unfortunately, there was nothing they could do because of a computer glitch. And every country after they found that out was like, no, we're rounding them, except the United States. The United States is like, no. And what's funny is I have some flights coming up and I was looking at my flight and one of my flights was Boeing 737 Max. And I was like, nope, <laughs> nope. Not doing it. I'll just take another layover in a smaller town. I'm not. <laughs> but it's it's you. You're right. But I can tell you, you know, I, I've I've flown a, a lot of the years, and you know, compared to some of the other stuff I've seen, I'm not kidding. Once on, on the way back from Philadelphia to Phoenix, we had to stop in Kansas City to get some gas. Mm. Now, um, you know, I know you, you, grew, you grew up in America, so, you, you know, you, you bad in geography, too. Uh, but Kansas City ain't like, oh, the next town over. Like, we almost right, got right. to Phoenix, right? right, right. <laughs> We're not even halfway there. I'm like, how do you mess up the calculations <laughs> that bad? You know, I've been on some planes, and so, you know what, I'm like, half the time, I'm like, you know what, you, you, you know, my, my family missed me a little bit, but uh, that, that airplane crashed money, good money, so go ahead and throw it in the ground if you need to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my family.
family about to come up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking for a supermax. That's all I'm taking from now on. Even when I go to the, you know to commute to work, I'm trying to get to work on a supermax. Nah, man, I, I can't do it, man. I, I get nervous when a plane hit a little bit of turbulence. <laughs> I've, I've been singing gospel songs and everybody looking at me crazy. <laughs> 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 yeah, well, no, so you haven't done a lot of flying in the snow, right? Where they, you know, you you look out the window, you can't see anything, and they're spraying that green stuff on the on the wing. Nah. Oh no. man, that, that's that's what is good. That, that's what is good. You just like, <laughs> and sometimes you're like, you know what? You know, apparently, you know, they haven't learned anything from the Buddy Holly days. Like, this is like, <laughs> I start hearing La Bamba like playing. I'm like, this is gonna be it, right? But so far, oh, they've been got goodness. me every time. Yeah, I, I I always get nervous, and I particularly get nervous when we have turbulence, but there's no explanation. <laughs> like when there's turbulence, I'm expecting, you know, the comfort is boom. Uh, everybody, put your seatbelts on. We will be experiencing a little turbulence. That gives me comfort. Like, okay, you felt that. Right, okay, right, 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 right. I know, okay. But when it's just like rubble, 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 and I'm like, hello, 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 is anybody here? Like, oh, God. <laughs> Probably already dead. But... <laughs> yeah, man. Man, I, man. Well, we, we. I tell you, wherever we flying together, we go on separate flights because you can't be on there embarrassing <laughs> me. <laughs> you know, because here's my thing: is black people ain't scared of nothing. You seen the YouTube videos, all right? But we will be afraid of flying and some water, all right? But you know, <laughs> you, you, you can't jump out of a trash can and scare us. We'll punch you in the chest. But, uh, <laughs> but, but give us in two feet of water or four feet off the ground, and uh, we, we ain't all that tough. <laughs> a lot of <laughs> lot of prayers, uh, a lot of Jesus is my co-pilot, <laughs> and, and a lot of Jack Daniels. Yeah, uh, a lot of Jack Daniels. Yeah, yeah. He's, that's why Denzel was drinking in that movie. He just scared, <laughs> and, and he was that, flying. <laughs> no, he a pilot. He's still scared of heights. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, now we're just getting silly. Hey, everyone, thank you so much for, for tuning in. We, we missed you. Uh, Justin, you're not going to go to any more family reunion. You broke up with your family, right? You don't deal with them anymore, right? <laughs> no, this was a, a class reunion with some very good friends about it. Oh, seen okay, time. the class reunion. We, well, that's good. Yeah. That'd be another five years. So we got five more years episodes for just to disappear <laughs> again. We're going to be good. Yeah, and if you haven't already... Um, added us on Facebook. Make sure that you check us out. It's Brothers-in-Law. That's B-R-U-T-H-A-S N-L-A-W on Facebook and all social media. Feel free to comment, send some good reports over to the good folks at iTunes. Uh, Tell them what you think. Tell them how much you love us. Give us those ratings so that we can go off and pursue these great sponsorships that you guys uh, like seeing. I would love to hold uh, Coca-Cola while we talk about what's going on in case the Coke people are listening. (laughs) Pepsi, this is, you know, not to discriminate against you either. You know, I'd I'd be happy, equally happy holding the Pepsi. I happen to think Pepsi's delicious. (laughs) (laughs) I'm holding out for (laughs) Kool-Aid. 17 cups of sugar. Uh, You know how to do it right. In that case, Dixie Crystals, you know. (laughs) Well, you've been doing research. All right, good, good, good. Next time we have a sponsor, people. Until then, thank you so much, and we'll see you next time.